Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is it all eyes on Colorado when it comes to conference realignment? That is coming up on today's Neighborhood Watch. I am Josh Neighbors, the host of Neighborhood Watch here on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. You guys can find us wherever you get your podcasts and here on YouTube as well. If you're watching us on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, we are very close to 11,000 subscribers, less than 40 subs away so help us cross over that 11,000 subscriber uh, threshold and get us on the way to 12K if you could. Also, please, if you are listening to us on audio platforms, give us a five-star review. That always helps the show uh, get notoriety. Leave a review if you wish. Follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can find me at JoshNeighbors underscore. I think that takes care of all of the admin. Oh, also... If you'd be interested in sponsoring this fine podcast, you all can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. The show is growing like wildfire. Appreciate you all uh, interacting here. And also send us your questions. Mailbag, we're actually going to do one later on this week. So conference realignment mailbag, football season mailbag, all that stuff. You guys can feel free and ask. So uh, today's show, we're going to focus on the Colorado Buffaloes. And the reason why we are doing this is... After last week's Pac-12 media days, we did not get any news. And I, I went, over, went over this on Saturday. On Saturday, I looked at uh, an article from Ross Dellinger, and I looked at an article from Stuart Mandel talking about the kind of the different ways that you could look at the Pac-12's situation. And, uh, you know, I think there were folks out there, once again, the Pac-12 announced that they're not going to have a media deal, obviously, at this point in time going into media days, but they did say going in, according to reporting, that new players have become involved. And this is what they told Stuart Mandel over at The Athletic. They said, well, new folks are involved, and that means that the patience of the conference is about to pay off. On the other side, and Stuart was relatively fair, I think, in some senses, talking about the ways in which, hey, you know, um, you know, basically acknowledging as, as much being like, hey, like th this could be true, but also they do not have a deal yet. They they've set these deadlines, they've missed the deadlines, but still this could be true. They don't seem too concerned about the Big 12 conference. Also, George Klyavkov did say, I am not concerned about the Big 12 conference, but what else is the Pac-12 commissioner going to say when asked if he is concerned about the Big 12 conference? If he said, Yeah, I'm very concerned, that would not be a good look for him. So it makes sense that he did. On the other hand, Ross was a bit more skeptical. 
Go back and read Ross Dellinger's work from the other day. Ross was a bit more skeptical, basically saying, look, they've set all these deadlines. They have not hit this. And if you all looked at the way that Rick George, the athletic director, kind of whisked in and out you know, of this, uh, you know, this, this is something that we should, you know, be paying attention to because it feels like they have underdelivered, you know, uh, overpromised, underdelivered, and a move could happen. And once again, I'll read from Ross Dellinger here. Colorado AD Rick George swiftly left the main stage at Pac-12 Media Day on Friday, only to be met with a handful of inquisitive reporters. For months now, Colorado's future as a member of the Pac-12 has been in doubt. George and his chancellor, Phil DiStefano, have left open the possibility that the school could pursue other league suitors, such as the Big 12, if the Pac-12's impending TV deal is not satisfactory. Now, George did say he had a flight to catch, which was actually the case. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, he said, however, this scene encapsulated the Pac-12's hairy situation. One of its most respected administrators escaping from a pack of reporters into the desert heat. And he kind of went down to the very end of the piece. He also mentioned, uh, he says, George's exit, swift exit, speaks for itself, right? He believes that there is in some ways, you know, you can look at that and, and, and George not wanting to stay around and talk very long. Look, like he's got nothing to talk about. And that's a problem for the Pac-12. And I do think that. And I, the reason why this is all eyes on Colorado is, okay, so there was supposed to be a presentation on Thursday and according to Ross's reporting, and he says he spoke with folks in the room, in the room, right? It's, you know, people who were, uh, you know, a part of this meeting, sources within the office, uh, within the, not the league office, but within like, you know, the, in the league, saying that they did not, you know, there was uh, no real, no real like numbers were shown, right? There was, there was a, a conversation, but the progress that was kind of hinted at was not actually in this meeting, there was not a whole lot of that that they had heard. Um, and, and one thing I'll read from Ross. On Thursday, Pac-12 presidents and administrators met for what turned out to be another limited update on the progress of negotiations. Multiple sources confirmed to Yahoo. A disappointment considering the Colorado Chancellor's public comments earlier this week, DiStefano told the Denver Post that figures for a potential TV contract were expected to be shared on Thursday. That was never the case. Why did DiStefano make such a comment? Was he using it as a tool to put pressure on the commissioner? Some believe that to be the case. Impatience is growing. We need to see some numbers, one person said. So this is why we are now going to turn our attention to Colorado. Colorado, once again, as an expansion candidate, makes sense of the Big 12 because they were once a Big 12 member, obviously. Uh, also, geographically, where they are, Colorado, it would help them expand into a different state. It would also help them put on the Big 12, at least the Big 12's case, put on late night television games, later at night television games. Colorado then, in turn, could get back into the Big 12 and also get back into Texas, most importantly. And I know some figures were sent around last week about Colorado losing money in the Pac-12. This was something that was uh, discussed. And I know we saw some... You know, there were some uh, some figures that were about this, uh, and I know that Sam Bradshaw was the one that shared this around last week about you know hey the ways in which Colorado uh, you know has had had lost money, and uh, you know why why that getting back to the Big Twelve would be good for them. And look, sure they have lost money in some ways, but they are part of the Pac twelve, and and I think it's it's pretty it's pretty easy to see that 
they have made a commitment to trying to remain in the league. And this has been a this has been a storyline the entire time. And I know I know people are saying this. The narrative gets I saw somebody said the narrative gets stale. Uh, you know, you're just you're rehashing the same things. These schools don't want to leave. No, they, they do not want to leave. That is correct. Nobody is out here saying they're desperately trying to get out of the league. At least nobody that I respect. At least nobody that you all, you know, should respect as uh, reporters or as, you know, as people that are that are actually in the know. And once again, I don't claim to be in the know. That's why I cite people like Ross. That's why I cite people like Stuart Mandel. That's why John Wilner came on the show. I mean, I try, you know, I've, I've reached out to guys like Ross to try to get, get them on the show. That's why Andrew Marshan comes on the show. That's why we have all of these people who cover this stuff and are much more well-sourced than I am. They come on the show to share what they know, and then we can kind of use what they know and try to formulate opinions based off of what they say, what we read, and also what is happening, the timeline of these things happening we have to understand that. I will say this. Um, something that kind of... So J when John Wilner was on the show a while ago, that's a little side piece here, but John Wilner had said on the show that he believed a framework of the deal was mostly in place and they were kind of hammering out details. That was what John told... That, that's that's like... the that, and John said that's the idea that he had. Not verbatim what he said, but when John was on the show probably around a month ago, John said that he thought things were probably more down the line than a lot of us, you know, were kind of making it out to be. In particulars, were most likely being being kind of hammered out. And that stuff would take time, sure, but they kind of had a general idea of who the partners were going to be and, and they were working, you know, working towards a deal. I think one one thing that hurts that a lot is the idea that new players were involved because maybe John is, what he's saying is true, and uh, maybe new players are involved now and so things are getting very, uh, you know, a lot better, but the timing wouldn't make much sense for that. Like if a month ago you were hammering things out, then I expected you to have something done in the next month. You know, the idea it's like, oh, well, you know, hey, sorry, we have to back off if the Pac-12 saying, let's back off this deal now because new folks have showed up and, you know, we're on the clock, but this thing's getting better. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Also, the idea that Colorado did not get the numbers they're looking for, yeah, if new people showed up, then sure, you wouldn't have numbers. But if Colorado folks are saying, and DiStefano is saying, the expectation is to get some new numbers and those were not delivered, then all of these things don't make a lot, a lot of sense. Somebody is not telling the truth, right? Uh, and I'm not saying John's lying. I'm saying, you know, some folks in the conference office might have been giving off the wrong sense to, to, to John or whoever he's talking to giving off the wrong sense because if you're kind of in the latter stages of it and hammering things out, but you now don't have a deal because new folks have showed up, but also a, a somebody in your conference is saying you're expecting hard numbers. All of these truths cannot be truths. I mean, sure. It'd be a really, I guess it could be, but it would be a very strange timeline for this thing to go up and down. Like we're close, but now we're not because new people have showed up. But why does these Stefano thing numbers are coming is, you know, this, all these things cannot be true. Is he just putting pressure on? And is that other timeline correct? Yes, sure. But it wouldn't make a lot of sense to put pressure on if you knew that potentially uh, you might be getting better numbers because new people have showed up. All of this is to say one thing. They do not have a deal. And Colorado has a door open. The Big 12 makes a lot of sense. And once again, I will go back to this really fast. I'm not, I'm not trying to say John is not credible. I think it's most likely the fact that maybe somebody knew is a table, but still they're not seeing the numbers they want to see. And that's why, according to Ross's reporting, 
they were not being presented with the numbers, at least Colorado was not being presented with the numbers that they wanted to see at media days or the more meeting before media days. Uh, furthermore, uh, you know, Colorado is the school that we are now looking at because they seem to have expressed the most interest. They seem to be the ones applying the most pressure. They also make the most sense in the league. Arizona does as well, but Colorado makes the most sense in the league because they have been here before. Texas could, could I think, definitely help them in recruiting for many sports, uh, football and basketball and whatever else you want to say. Uh, you know, the, the money, money makers. I mean, being in Texas where there's a tons of young athletes and a lot of really good young athletes, that is a very good place to be in, obviously. And they do not have a uh, Texas connection right now in the Pac-12. To be honest, things have not been very successful for them, especially in football, in the Pac-12 conference. That one big winning season that they had, obviously, is the big one. So my next question is this. We're all looking at Colorado and potentially Arizona too, but Colorado seems to be the big one that we're all looking at. Have they been pushed to the point where they're like, you know what? We keep hearing about numbers, but at some point we have to start recruiting players and they've started to build. Sure. They've started to build a 2024 class, but who in the hell is going to, who the hell are they going to be playing? They're coming to the PAC 12 is great, but are you going to do it at a certain cost? And here's the thing. You don't know what that cost is. These, comp these, these schools need to know how much money they're going to make because it dictates their operating costs or what they can spend or who they can hire or who gets what. The, they need to know what they're going to be looking at. We talked about Washington State being in a tough spot. Talked about hiring freezes happening in those places, you know, not knowing what their budget was going to be. They have to start to look forward. Thinking about all these schools, they spend every dollar they get. A lot of money that they get you know, is spent in advance. They have to look ahead now. This is becoming an actual financial problem. This is not theoretical. All right. The next budget they're looking at is the 2024 budget. They're still looking at 2023, obviously, as they scope things throughout the year. But they have to look at the 2024 budget coming up soon. And Deion Sanders is saying, you know, hey, where am I? Where are these players? Where, where are we going? Where, where are we going to be playing games? Um, and once again, their commitment to the big the Pac-12 has been fair. Th those schools have given George Klyavkov every single opportunity possible to present something. I think the prevailing sentiment, it's not a bad one, is that from Arizona and Colorado, look, the door is there. We can use that to apply some pressure. We would like to stay in the Pac-12 conference. We would like to stay. And I think it's likely at this point that they, you know, I think it's more likely than not they do stay if the price is within like five, six million dollars, right? They could probably swallow that. If we start talking 10 or $11 million, you know, nine, 10, $11 million gaps to other, to, you know, what you could be making in the big 12 at that point in time, it is worth it to jump ship. I think nine, you know, not nine figures. What is it? Uh, you know, you're attacking six figures is hundreds of thousands. Seven is millions. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. Eight is tens of millions, right? Once we're at eight figures and there's an eight figure difference, or we're kind of approaching an eight figure difference, like at seven, eight million, it is kind of a conversation, right? Seven, eight million a year. I mean, in four years, you know, that is, you know, if we're at seven or eight, we're, we're roughly $30 million less than other schools are hooking in. That's not to mention also bowl results and all those things, you know, CFP revenue and whatnot. Um, and, and I know there's been talks about uneven revenue distribution. If you're Colorado, do not agree to that. 
I'm not sure what the grant of rights is going to feature. I know there's been some reporting on that, but it's not, and it's not like signed yet. They actually need a TV contract to sign it. Uh, are you agreeing to uneven revenue distribution if you're like at that big of a gap? Because then you're going to get less money. Now, people are saying, hey, look, it's just the college football playoff shares, but still other folks are going to make more money than you. I'm not signing off on that. Uh, I would not be totally cool with all of that uh, if, I, if I am them. So I think there's something to think about there with all of this for Colorado. They, th the ball is now in their court. They were like, let's see some numbers, and they did not get the numbers. We are now late July. New players are involved, but there's no numbers. We're back at square one. How are we not back at square one? And look, I am not an anti-Pac-12 person. I think you all have listened to this show enough to know. I will reiterate this again. There are fan bases. There are fans that love their schools like Washington State and Oregon State, Cal and Stanford. Uh, my God, I mean, I, you know, I guess there's Cal and Stanford fans out there. Uh, and I heard on the cover three the other day talking about, hey, Cal is starting to get a better quality of player. Uh, maybe their, their, you know, their guidelines have been dropped. You know, people are interested now. Uh, I'm sure some people are coming out of the woodwork and look, I was born in San Francisco folks. I love that city very much. I had an affinity for Cal growing up, you know, as somebody who was born there and got to watch Deshaun Jackson play, not, not raised there, but love Deshaun Jackson. And I was, I always had a, you know, a little affinity for Cal. Uh, I mean, my God, like, uh, why do you support that, man? Like they're, they're not really treating their athletics, you know, the way you want to see it. Basketball is Cal and Stanford too, has not been, I mean, at least since Conzo Martin at Cal has not been treated very well. Basketball, the fact that Jared Haas is back is a joke. That guy is not getting that program anywhere near it needs to be. And no offense to him or anything, but like, I mean, get somebody else in there to help, you know, at least try to steer this thing. Like, do you even care? Do you want to be playing college sports at a major level? I think it's a serious question for them. But outside of those, and look, there are actually some fans of Cal and Stanford who love their schools too. There are people who are fans of ASU and Arizona and Oregon and Utah and all those places that are just like people in the Big 12 that love their schools and just want to see them have a chance to compete. All right. And they do that. And they love, they love, so God love those Pac 12 football fans. And it's going to be a really fun conference this year. It definitely is going to be a really fun conference this year. Not a doubt about it. I'll be, I'll be tuned to the Pac 12 games for those quarterbacks. But here's the thing two of the big brands are going to be going away. And also they can't guarantee this good of a crop quarterbacks. I'll be back again. Um, and so like when it comes to, you know, the future of the league, uh, the big 12 is more solidified. I think it's a fact that we have to admit, right? We have to be honest about that. And because they are more solidified because they've got Brett, your mark. And I, look, I know, I know conference commissioners don't always hang around, but because they've got him, things feel a bit more stable in the big 12. And if you are the Colorado brass, at this point in time, I feel pretty confident in saying that you can make the move and nobody would be angry with you. I mean, a lot of people I've spoken with in media have shared the idea that jumping conferences is a risk, which I agree with. And a lot of these presidents and ADs and decision makers at these schools want to make sure that if they make the call, they could say, look, George presented us with this and the numbers weren't good enough. And so we had to leave. But if they're just not presenting numbers, how is that not also a reason to leave? If Ross's reporting is to be believed, they said they are way down the line or way further down the line in terms of timeline than they thought they would be. There was a certain expectation about seeing numbers and different sources have shared that idea with Ross, apparently, and they didn't get to see this. I mean, they can, they can tell all they want. And Jim Williams, once again, says that, hey, more players are involved. Sure. That could be true, but explain to me why now, 
Why, when Pac-12 Media Day rolls around, are all of a sudden new players involved and numbers aren't being shown, even though they were supposed to be shown, and there's not a tangible enough update to, to some folks' standards? That stuff does not make sense. I, it made sense to me that they, they said new players are involved. Guess what? They had no negative, uh, positive news to report. There was negative news that they weren't getting a TV deal announced during Big 12 or Pac-12 Media Days, which a lot of folks thought needed to, needed to happen. It didn't. Once again, what do you say during that? You say, hey, look, uh, but new players are involved. That's why. Meeting where numbers are supposed to be shown doesn't happen. The Col if, if Colorado and Arizona wanted to leave, they definitely have enough leverage right now or definitely have enough, I think, information to make the call. I felt that way for a while. Maybe, maybe I was a bit too far, you know, maybe, uh, maybe earlier, a couple months ago, they didn't. But what other opportunities do they need to have? I mean, look, maybe the Pac-12 gets some futuristic deal that actually looks like the, the future of streaming and it works out. I mean, if you are leaving a conference for anything that's not the SEC or not the Big Ten, yeah, it's a risk. It's definitely a risk. I understand that. And maybe Colorado saying, look, we want to attach ourselves to good academic schools. Also, we want to attach ourselves to Oregon and Washington. But because, you know, it doesn't seem like they're going anywhere for right now. But seriously, like, there's no guarantee now that you're going to make as much money. And the Big 12, you know at least on the ESPN side how much you're going to make. You know how long it is. And I can promise you, Fox has been in the Colorado business, the business for a little bit now. They're about to be on, uh, you know, they are this year. I, I feel like if you're adding a Colorado and Arizona, Fox is going to be amenable. Sure, their part's not guaranteed, but... If ESPN's paying out, uh, you know, it's 60 some percent of the whatever it is. So like if ESPN's paying out $21 million and 31.7 per school is the Big 12 is getting, you're telling me that the difference between Fox and the conference is going to be like, is Fox going to be like, no, we'll only give you $3 million per, per Colorado and Arizona. No, Brett Yormark is making a pitch. that's probably like, look, seven or eight, and they'll probably even it out along the way. You factor in bull money and whatnot. They're going to see much more than that. It feels like in terms of distribution, the Big 12 is offering more money. They're not offering, obviously, Colorado, you know, Colorado has to go back to the conference, and that is a change, and Arizona has to go back to the conference, and that is a change. But how is there not enough there? Is there something, and you all can point it out to me, there's, is there something logistical that does not make the move strong enough, or are they just saying, you know, we're going to give them every single opportunity to do it? Sure, but at some point, you got to start making budgets. You're recruiting kids, and families could be asking, where are you playing games? Where can I, on television, where am I going to be able to watch my son or daughter play, right? That stuff does matter. Stuff matters. Because not everybody is proficient with fire sticks and whatnot as we are. Or as folks my age are. So that's why all, all eyes are on Colorado now. Because according to Ross Dellinger's reporting, they are not seeing what they thought they would see. And it's consistent with some of the public statements that folks from those universities like Arizona and Colorado have made. They are committed to the league. They've given the league every opportunity, but they do acknowledge that there is a chance they could go somewhere else if the deal is not right. Not only, I mean, they're not getting a chance to even compare the numbers at this point. They're not even seeing numbers. And that's why I would look Colorado's way because it feels like a decision could happen. Not soon, not soon, but like we're about to go in August, right? You are, you are less than a month, you know, less than a year away. Uh, or at that point, you'd be a year away from whenever your television deal starts and you're not even sure about what we're going to be playing right? Who you're playing. And it's a decision they have to weigh. I mean, if you want to make sure you stay in the Pac-12 and play Pac-12 schools, sure. Uh, but you're going to be making if, what feels like less money at this point and not as, you know, no guarantee for the years. All right. That will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Please subscribe to the channel. Please, please, please do so. Like the video, leave a comment, 
all of those things. All right, folks. See you all tomorrow.